Matthew chapter 7, we're going to read from verse 7 and onward. So it says, ask and it will be given unto you. Seek and you will find. Knock. Somebody say knock. Knock, knock and the door will be open unto you. And then the Bible says, for everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, it will be open. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Everybody say a stone. stone. Or or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Come on, somebody. On your way to your seat, just touch somebody, ask them, are you a gold digger? Come on, ask them, ask them. If they slap you, don't blame me, but look at the next person, give them a high five, tell them I'm glad to see you today. Come on, tell them I'm glad. I'm glad to see you. I'm so glad to see all of you. So anyways, I want to jump into this new series called Gold Diggers, and you'll see where I'm going in a moment. In fact, our cert- this whole month, God has really just put on my heart and uh, my wife's heart just the, the, the desire to go deeper. Everybody say deeper. And I feel like there's a massive shift that's coming to Serve City Church, that there is a shift uh, where indeed we are going to begin to experience things that we have not experienced before. And I believe that as we posture our hearts and we posture our minds and our lives as gold diggers, you'll see where I'm going in a second, that God is going to that God is going to do the miraculous in our midst. And uh, and I believe we're going to experience a greater revelation of who he is. And so. As I jump in today, you know, I just really have an incredible family, y'all. I mean, I I have such an incredible family. You know, there are times when, uh, you know, the money is funny and the change is strange, you know, and you got more month than money. Anybody ever been there before? But I'm so grateful that no matter uh, what this looks like, because some of y'all think that people become pastors to get rich. But uh, I just want to tell you that that's not that's not the case, at least not in my household. Uh, And we serve and, you know, and God blesses. However, you know, I'm grateful that even though sometimes these things are the case that I am wealthy, I'm wealthy with family. Not only do I have an incredible church family, but I am an incredible natural family. And I'm so grateful for my wife. My wife is so beautiful and she's so incredible. She's so intelligent. She's educated. She could go out and she has a master's degree. y'all. She could go out and, ha- and get a job like this. But she has given her life, you know, and at this point free. <laughs> she pastors alongside me and serves and counsels and, and administrates and does incredible things. And, you know, and she's doing it because this is not just my vision. Come on, somebody. But as my wife so eloquently says all the time that God doesn't call pastors or doesn't call a man. He calls households. And truly, she and my family are so incredible and have done, you know, and they've truly come alongside uh, me in this thing that God has put in our hearts. And, you know, I, I really just love my kids. Can I just talk about my family for a second? Because I just I really love my kids, man. I got three of them, y'all. I got 
you know, a 10-year-old about to be 11 in a couple months, and I got a 9-year-old, and Claire, who is 3, my, I just, I mean, she just, I, I, yeah, I'm around her pinky finger, and I'm not afraid to admit it, you know, I just love her so much, and you know, the thing that I love about my kids is that they're like really in it. When we were doing set up and tear down, when we were in the, in, in the theater for the past two years and change, my kids were up at the behind crack of dawn with me at the theater pushing stuff and participating in doing this thing. And no matter what, they always, they always, their desire has always been they just want to be around their dad. They just want to do what it is that I'm doing. They want to see what it is that I'm doing. You know, uh, when I was growing up, my grandmother would always say stuff like, why, why are you under my bottom so? You know, just always up under you. Just like, for, I, I, I'm walking and, I'm, and sometimes they, I just feel somebody walking on my shoe back. Because my kids, they, they, they're always, they just want to be around. And what I love is, even though we're not out here bawling, right, my kids when we talk to them, they're just like, mom and dad, we just want to be around you. They value just being around us so much. And I'm telling you, man, you guys have no clue how much my children sacrifice for Serve City Church. You have no clue. When you're in our office boohooing and snotting and we're counseling and work, working with you, my kids, they have to share their parents with so many people, when we're on the road traveling and my kids don't see me, I'm getting ready to preach probably, I think like 20 times or something in the next like two, three weeks. It's crazy with what's going on. And my kids share me. And so much so, they're just like, but they always are up on me. They want to be around their dad. And this is one of my favorite moments ever. One of my favorite moments ever. Can you just uh, put that up, Laura, for me, if you don't mind? You know, I was getting ready to preach at a church in the West. And as I was preparing to preach, uh, my son Gabriel, as I was coming to the back, of course, he wanted to come in the green room with me. He wanted to walk up with me and be where I was at. You know, he, he was like, Dad, I want to carry your stuff. He goes, I want to carry your Bible. Can I please carry your Bible? Can I carry your notes, Dad? I just want to come up there with you. You know, and he sat with me in the front of the auditorium. And as we're worshiping and as we're praising God, my son is beside me with his crazy stuff, you know, doing his Fortnite dances and, and stuff and whatever in worship. You know, he's up there. I love you, Jesus. No, but <laughs> but he's in it, man, you know, and he's there and he took my stuff and he came and he brought it. And, you know, for me, and he opened my iPad and turned it on and all this stuff. He wanted to do these things. Even when I correct my, my children. It's incredible to me because I'll correct them. And then two seconds later, they want to be right back by me. It's just weird. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. But I love them because they're such great examples of what it means. They look beyond my faults as a dad. Any imperfect parents in the house. And they're like, I want to dig and I want to get to the gold in my dad. Oh, somebody sees where it is. I want to get to the gold in my mom. I look beyond, beyond the rough stuff and I'm willing to be up under them even though there may be times when they say things or I experience things that are not necessarily favorable because I just want to be in their presence. 
And I believe, I believe that God is calling our church serve city to be gold diggers. Come on, somebody to be to the place where we get the best, the, the best out of life and where we chase after God. And we get to the place where we're getting everything that he has to offer. Is there anybody that is not just satisfied with where you are? Because some of us, we think that where we are is all that life has to offer, but offer. But are there one or two people in here that knows that there is more? Listen, man, I'm telling you, I remember I was sitting there and I was talking to my uh, to one of our overseers, Pastor Damian Bassett, uh, and he was share I was sharing with him all of the things that God has done in our ministry and all the people who have gotten saved since we got started and baptized and all of this stuff. And he was like, oh, yeah, that's fantastic. Yep. Mm -hmm. And he was tracking with me and he was excited. But then he said, you know that there's more, though, right? And I was getting excited because I'm like, yeah, we got a building, but you know, there's more, right? Where are you settling in your life? Where are you to the place where you have settled and you've gotten to the place where you're complacent and you are not going for more? I just showed up today and I feel this so strong in my spirit and a screw face ain't going to stop me from preaching it like I feel it on this morning because I believe it's about 12 of y'all in here today that came and say, I want more from God. If that's you, I want you to shout, there is more. So here in the text, here in the text, we find, and when I'm talking and thinking about seeking after God, and I'm thinking especially around the concept of asking, right? Around the concept of asking, oh God, I feel you. Here we go. Look at the text. Jesus delivers this. This is a part of his Sermon on the Mount. If Jesus is preaching, I want to hear it, fam. And so from Matthew chapter 5 all the way through chapter 7, we find that Jesus is delivering the Sermon on the Mount. And it's a mix, it's like a, a mixed bag of nuts of all sorts of things, you know. If you're looking for raisins, it's in there. If you're looking for, I don't know what's your favorite thing in the bag, but there's, there's stuff in there pretty much for everyone. And here he talks about seeking and he especially, we know that it's seek, talking in regards to seeking God and our heavenly father because of the context. Notice he goes and he says, uh, as we go towards the end, he says in verse 11, after he talks about seeking and knocking and asking, he says, if then you who are evil, yo, Jesus doesn't mince words, eh fam? He's just straight shooting. He's like, if you who are wicked know how to give good gifts to your children. He says, how much so? This is how we know he's speaking about seeking God. How much so will the father give good gifts to, uh, to, those, to those who ask of him? And so it's speaking about seeking God. And he starts in, in verse 7. Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek. And you will find knock and it will be open to you for everyone who asks receives. And then I love this because he's making it clear that as it pertains to our pursuit of God, if we are individuals that are to be gold diggers, if we're individuals that are to walk into pursuit of God and to get the best and get what it is that God has to offer for us in life. And especially as it pertains to our relationship with him, we've got to be individual. He makes it clear that it is not an, uh, it is not in vain our efforts in gold digging our efforts in going deeper in the things of God and trying to understand God and seeking God for the things that we have need of our efforts are not in vain somebody say it's not in vain 
He says that if you knock, that you will, that you, the door will be open. If you ask, that you will, that you will receive an answer, and that if you seek, you will find. And see, some of us we don't realize that the fact is that we're disappointed because the answer might not be the answer we're looking for, but he still answered. And some of us we get to the place where we're like, oh, God's not real because he didn't answer. No, he answered, but sometimes the answer is no. But the fact is, he promises that we still will get an answer. Are you still with me? So look at this. I love it because when we're talking about this, when we're talking about this, we first have to address and I have to rebuke and come against pride. Because in order to ask, you've got to come from a place of humility. In order to ask, you have to recognize that there even is something that you need to ask about. In order to seek, you need to be to a place where you realize that there is something that needs seeking. And so the position and our posture has to be one of humility. We can't come with pride. You know, those people that are wrong and strong, they're talking, their breath smells like a bag of dead possums, but they're just talking strong in your face. Y'all don't want to be real with me. And you try to offer them a mentos, a mentos, and they're looking like, no, nah, I'm straight, fam. <laughs> But there are some of us that are unwilling to admit that we are in need of help. Come on, somebody. Or that we're in need of God. You talk to people. That's the best thing we say. How's it going? Good. How you doing? I'm straight. Everything's straight. When you know that you are in a place of being torn, where you know, and some of us, you are okay with just sticking to the elementary things of God. Come on, somebody. You're okay with the now I lay me down to sleep prayers. You're okay with the God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for my food. Amen. Come on. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord. My, so you still saying that and you're 40 years old and you've been saved since you're 16. There is a problem. And many of us, the issue is that we are still okay with the elementary things of God, but God's desire is not for us to remain as children. Come on, somebody in the faith. We got to get to the place where when we recognize that there is more, there is more that we get in the face of God and we get to the place where we begin to mature in the things of God. Many of us, we're in this place and it's our pride that hinders us. You know, that's why some of us, we die from preventable diseases. Because you're scared to go to the doctor operating in the spirit of fear. Come on. You know that fear is in pride because what you're saying is that you don't trust that God, come on, is capable of being able to take care of you even if you go and you get a bad report. Come on. I wonder if there's anybody in this place that knows that pride can kill. And this is the way that it is with so many of us because we're unwilling. And I'll just tell on myself, and I may have shared this in a message before. I'll never forget, you know, over a decade ago, a really long time ago, my wife and I, we were in our early 20s and we purchased a home. And we were in a position where our house, because of the lifestyle that we lived, not because we were out splurging, but we were sacrificing. And we were, we were to the place where our house, our very first home, ended up in foreclosure. And it was to the place where we, if we were, if all we had to do was to just say, to ask out to our family. 
All we had to do was say, hey, I'm in need and I have an issue. And our family more would have been more than willing to be in a place where they would have offered us a lifeline and offered us some help. But because of our pride, which is rude, which I got from my West Indian roots. Come on, somebody. We don't want to admit when things are wrong. We don't want to admit when we have a problem. We would rather look like we have it all together than admit that we need some help. Y'all don't want to be real with me on this morning. And the fact of the matter is, this is why oftentimes we end up getting jacked up as opposed to experiencing the more that God has for us. And I ended up losing that house, not even knowing where I was going to live. And thank God that he provided for my family and I in spite of my stupidness. And thank God that it didn't end up on my credit and we're out of debt and all that wonderful stuff and it's all good in the United States. But the fact is that things could have gone another way. If I had have said, if I put down my pride and see, there's somebody today, oh my God, has so much for you if you'd put down your pride. God has so much for you if you would approach him in humility. There is more. There is more for your life. There is more than what you're experiencing. Where are you being a hard tale against what God has been showing you that you need, the areas that you need breakthrough in? Where in your life are you being arrogant and prideful instead of submitting yourself to what it is? Is that God has called you to man I believe there is more and I just declare it over somebody today this is why the Apostle Peter declares first Peter chapter 5 verse 5 and 6 the Bible says likewise you who are younger he says be subject to the elders clothe yourselves all of you with humility everybody say with humility he says, clothe yourself in humility toward one another. There it is. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. He opposes the proud. So when you're talking about seeking God, when you're talking about getting in God's face, when you're talking about asking God, when you're talking about getting in his presence and getting more, it says that you have to come to God in a place of humility. Because he opposes the proud. And that's why, see, some of us, we're, oh, uh, Jamaican pride, Bajan pride, woman pride. Come on. We, we even say stuff like, we're godly proud. When the Bible talks against pride, you all don't even want to talk back to me this morning. Can I just deal with it? Can I deal with this sacred cow? Because a lot of us, we're walking in pride, um, national pride and individual pride. Come on. And that pride that we stand with is actually against what God tells us to do. The Bible even says God hates a prideful look. And you and your stush tail, can I just keep it real, walking around with your chest high and your nose high, acting like you better than everybody else, acting like you got it together instead of opening yourself. Y'all thought I was coming to play games today. I ain't making sport, yeah? God has called us to humble ourselves. Look the next text. Here it is. Verse 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time he may exalt you this is why many of us haven't experienced exaltation we haven't gone to the next level because you're walking in pride come on somebody you're walking in pride instead of walking in humility but can i give you point number one here it is point number one will be up on the screens for you it says we must seek god from a position of faith filled humility 
So we come to God in faith, but we come to him from a position of humility. When you're seeking God and when you're going to God, I don't care how long you've been saved, how long you've been praying, how much time you spend in the face of the Lord. It don't matter. You got to come to him as if you are coming to him in a place of humility, that he is greater than you. Some of you, you wonder, how do you pray? This is the position that you have to have. We come to a place where we humble ourselves. God, I need you. God, there are areas I don't have it all together. God, there are areas that I need you. In these relationships, come on, I humble myself under you in this area. God, on my job, I need you because I'm really going to knock somebody out if they come and say anything crazy to me one more time. Y'all don't want to be real with me this morning. God, I need you to give me the grace to be able to walk through what it is that I'm facing. So humility, faith-filled humility is something that is imperative as it pertains to us gold digging as, and getting what it is that God has for us. He says after we humble ourselves, he will exalt us in due time. These are promises as we see as Jesus is making this general statement in the, on the sermon on the mount, of the mount. And then going onward, can we go further? Here it is, one of the biggest hindrances to us asking God and seeking God is, watch this, unrelenting pessimism. It's relentless pessimism. You ever been around somebody that manages to find the negative in every single thing? It's like, it can be a beautiful day. Oh, the sun is so nice outside. And you know, the sun is bright and it's 73 degrees. I don't know what that is in Celsius. I'm still trying to work it out. Because, uh, you know, I think it's like 20 something and, you know, it's nice outside and there's a cool breeze and we right by the water and they walk outside and be like, oh, there's so many mosquitoes out here. <laughs> oh, you know, you can get skin cancer from all this sun. So, you know, we just need to cover ourselves. You know, as I'm just saying, it's just some people who are a unrelenting pessimists. They just you ever been around some negative folk? And it's like, is it possible for you? I mean, can you not just see that the glass is half full? They always find a way to, and see, you may be saying that about someone who operates in the way that I'm talking about, but how many of you know that many of us, we approach God as it pertains to, in that manner? We're pessimistic when we come to God, where, where there's some of us, there are some of us, realize, realize that many of us, the reason why you don't seek God is because you talk yourself out of it. You already talked yourself out of it. How many of you, you know, we get to the place and I, maybe I'm just going to tell on myself and I'll just be real. Oftentimes, we already played out the whole scenario in our head before we even got there. So you already said, okay, if I do this, I'm going to do that. And then this is going to happen. And this, they're going to say this. And they're going to, and if I act them, if I ask them this, and I'm vulnerable in this area, blah, 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 blah. And we just play the whole thing out. You up in your mind that so much that you can't live in real life. Come on, somebody. You are so negative in your mind. You don't even realize the positive that God has for you, the breakthrough that he has for you, because you already talked yourself out of deliverance, man. I just feel this thing. I'm a, I just declare over somebody today that the spirit of pessimism that has been that has been plaguing your life been talking you out of your breakthrough been talking you out of your deliverance I declare it over you today that if you would open your heart and humble yourself that deliverance will be your portion somebody that believes it give God praise in this moment <laughs> negative Nancy's in the spirit here's point number two can I give it to you look at it here in seeking God don't, don't say God's no for him. 
Here it is. In seeking God, don't say his no for him. I remember a friend of mine not too long ago made a statement and we were talking and we were talking about asking some people and talking to them about something. And, you know, and I was there in the moment and I'm like, man, I don't want to ask this person for such and such because if I ask them for this, then they're probably just going to say no. And the person told me, he said, you know, my dad, he always says to me, he says, uh, he says, you know, don't say people's no for them. Because the fact is you said no for them and they might say yes. Anybody ever got something unexpected out of a situation? Am I the only one that's ever been in a position where you've asked for something and it ended up a different way than what you expected? And many of you, you have talked yourself out of your blessing. Man, I feel this preach. You have talked yourself out of deliverance because you've already said, no, God is not going to do it. And as a result, you have not asked him for things. There are, I can sense it right now. There are some of you in here that you have questions in queue for Jesus and you won't even ask him because you think he's already going to say no. But in seeking God, you don't say no for him. You have some answers. You have some questions. And I'm not saying everything you want is always going to come to pass. I'm not saying that every answer you're looking for, you're going to get. But why say God's no for him? Some of us, the reason why we have trouble asking is because of what happened to others. So like, okay, you're like, well, I know what happened to this person when they asked for this. So as a result of what happened to them, I'm not going to ask God. I'm not going to seek God. I heard that when somebody sought God or went after God the last time, this happened to them in their life in this area. So as a result, I'm not going to go all the way after God because of what somebody else's experience was. I'm, I don't know about y'all, man. I don't care what happened to Ray Ray and Junebug. I don't care what happened to Susie Flew. At the end of the day, I'm not going to allow somebody's experience to hinder mine. Come on. Some of y'all, you're like, well, nobody else is praising him. Nobody else is. Why do you think I took a lap around here last week because even though some of y'all was looking at me screw face my praise and my worship is not determined by nobody else all I need to do is think about Jesus come on somebody and too many y'all worried about who's next to you and that's why you're not going deeper in God but not another day in my life am I gonna let anybody stop me from getting what I need from the Lord come on somebody I'm gonna worship him until these twists come out my hair if I need to because I want more of Jesus. Somebody give him praise. Caring about what people think, that's not going to, you know. And then some of you, the reason why you won't go after God is because of his last no. And so you're in the place where you're not seeking God because he said no the last time to something else. Some of us think the only answer that God has is yes. And so then when he says no, then we're scared to go after him again. And so we're like, well, last time there was a no. And so, man, I'm telling you, it's some miracles I know of in this house. Come on, somebody where God came through and he said, no, I remember. Can I just start talking about it, man? I just even thinking about I see Kadeem there and I see Priska and they're public about their stuff. And so I'll talk about it. I remember the first time they got to the place where they tried to have a child. Come on, somebody. And they lost. Was it just one? 
one time or was it more than one? It was two times that God said no and did not get them to the place where they were able to have their child, but they kept on seeking God. They did not allow the first no to stop them. Can I just talk about some miracles in the house? They didn't allow the second no to stop them. But today, Priska is in the house. I think she's probably in the parenting lounge and she's here when they're here with Dahlia. Come on, somebody, because they didn't allow the first no or the second no to stop them. And so they kept going and God came through and gave them a miracle. Somebody give God praise. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us. Don't let the last no stop you. Just because that last relationship didn't work don't mean that God doesn't have something new for you in this season. Come on, somebody. Don't let just, I understand that that last loved one didn't get healed, but it don't mean God is not a healer. Don't let it stop him from asking you for healing the next time around. Come on. I don't know who I can. There is more. There is more. There is. God has breakthrough for somebody. I just want to declare that in your spirit. There is more. And then next, don't got too much time, but the fact of the matter is, so don't say God's no for him. But many of us, reason why we don't seek, why we don't ask, why we don't knock as it pertains to going deeper in God is because, because we have an evil perspective of a good God. For the note takers, as we seek the God of the Bible, we should make sure that we have a biblical perspective of who he is. So this is what I mean. I mean, you if you're looking through the eyes of false theology, if you're looking through the eyes of false history by people who just want to steer you away from the gospel and the right perspective of God, can I tell you that disappointment is often connected to a false or unbiblical view of who God is. Some of you, because of your parents, because your parents, their horrible religion that they inflicted upon you with an iron fist in the house. You're like, if God is anything like my dad and the God who he presented to me or she presented to me, I don't want anything to do with that. And this oftentimes is why we are hindered. And so, you know, so the fact of the matter is I'm going on, I'm going on. One of the hindrances, one of the biggest hindrances in terms of our seeking God is that we forget that God is inexhaustible. God is inexhaustible. Here it is, point number four. In seeking God, remember that he is inexhaustible. This is the, and the reason why, and notice, this is also rooted in pride. Where we think there are some of you, I'll even speak to Christians, I don't care how long you've been Christians, I don't care if you had a front row seat to Moses parting the Red Sea. At the end of the day, you still have not even begun to exhaust who God is. Who's with me on today? You still have not exhausted who God is. You still have not exhausted who God is. You And many of us, the biggest reason why it is that we have not sought God or we don't go deeper in God is that at the fact that we get to the place where we think we have exhausted him. Or we start, but then we stop. How many, do you understand? And many of us, we approach, for example, we approach the Bible like, oh, I've heard this a million times. 
And so because we've heard this a million times, we're to the place where we think, oh, you know what? I already know this. Some of y'all already checked out as soon as you heard the scripture. And you don't even realize that God can hit you up. Man, anybody ever experienced God is it's a lituation when you get up in that word. I can hear that word. Come on. I can. I, when you look at Jesus wept, God can just light you up with Jesus wept. That just one short little verse in the Bible. He can just light you up. You look at it at one place and you see Jesus' humanity. Jesus wept. He was human. He cried. He had human emotion. Then, not only that, but I can look at Jesus wept and then see, uh, not only this, but Jesus, uh, Jesus cares for people. Because Jesus wept because his, you know, his, his, uh, his friend had died. Lazarus had died. And so Jesus wept. And so we identify with his humanity. We identify with the fact that he's human. The fact that he has emotion and that he has care and that he cares for people. Come on, somebody. There are so many ways that you can look at the fact, at, at the scripture, and they can come alive. And many of us, we are arrogant because we think we have exhausted God's word. Man, I'm sitting up here telling you I've preached the same text 50 different ways. Come on, somebody. Because of the fact that it is net, when you approach God's word, you got to approach it with humility. Man, I've read the same. Sometimes I've read through the book and I have to go back and read the same book over again because there is more in the text. You cannot exhaust God. Are you with me? And this is why we, we approach certain environments. You come to church and you're like, okay, I come to church. They're going to sing some songs. Then there's going to be prayer. And then I'm going to be done. Then I'm going to go nyam a chicken. And then I'm going to go and get in my bed. And I'm going to sleep for four hours because the man and them are tired from working all week. And then we're going to start it over and press repeat. Y'all don't want to be real with me. But I don't know about you. I'm to the place where I'm not treating this. Come on. I'm not treating this like this is regular ground no more. Come on, somebody. I'm not treating this like, oh, we just come through and we just come to church. And then we just come and do it all over again and repeat and they just this is holy ground come on I've showed up every Sunday from now on out I'm saying man I'm a gold digger I'm not showing up here to just go through the motions I'm not showing up in my prayer time to just go through the motion I want to go deeper in God come on I want more of God I want the gold that he has to offer and I'm no longer gonna settle God is inexhaustible there is more God anything in me that's unlike you I want it out come on deliverance I want it in my life if it's financial breakthrough, I want it where in my line it's broken and there's no more poverty that happens in my line. I want to see my, if there's nobody else that's going to be an evangelist in my line, I'm going to go out and be on mission for Jesus. And I believe that people in my family, that they are going to be changed. People in my bloodline are going to get saved and delivered because I don't treat it as regular. Come on. Come on. This ain't no regular degular. This is a different vibe. Are you with me? Yes. Many of us have asked, but we stopped asking. And I'm telling you, you got to be relentless until the answer comes. Oh, God, even if it's a no, God, I still want to hear the answer. Come on. I, you know, some of you started asking. And I, you know what? I'm just telling you, I'm just happy. I'm more happy for God's direction than I am his yes. Uh, as long as I know that I'm headed in the right direction. Come on, somebody. As long as I know that he is directing my path. As long as Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Any Bible readers, in all of your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct my path. I didn't promise that he's always going to say no. Um, yes, rather. But it said that he will direct my path. So even when there's a no, as long as his word is fulfilled in that he's directing 
directing my path, then I know that I'll, no matter how crazy it looks right now, that he can cause breakthrough to come out of even the craziest situation. Somebody that's grateful for his direction, give him a praise right here. Some of us, God wants to know how bad do you want it? You know, it's been, my kids come to me all the time, up onto my bottom, asking me for stuff. Always saying, hey dad, we want this and we want that. And then oftentimes, as soon as they get it, you see the thing break over in the corner, right? Because they did not take care of what it is that I gave them. And some of you, the car that you were asking God for in the past and God gave it to you, come on. And then now all the junk and you can't even find stuff in there. And it's like going into the Sahara Desert or the deep sea, or the deep sea trying to find stuff because you treat it like trash after you begged him for it and many of us God wants to know how bad do you want it I mean I know you're whining I know you're crying but how bad do you want it come on many of you you have stopped because it's really not a desire it's just a surface thing Luke chapter 18 Luke chapter 18 there's a parable of a persistent widow and this woman she's there and she's in a place where she's like you know what I feel like you know, she's like, I need to be avenged for what was done to me. And you just read that. I'm, I write it down and check it out. Luke chapter 18, verse 1 through 8. And Jesus always, he tells them the parable that we ought to always pray and not lose heart or not faint. In other words, be relentless in your prayer. And he says, this woman, she kept going before this judge who says that he doesn't fear God or man. And continues to ask and continues to ask continues to ask and she's in this position where she's continuously asking and then what happens is after because of her asking the judge comes and says yo look at me I'm a waste dude I don't love Jesus he says I don't love people and, I, and this woman won't stop coming to me and so I'm gonna grant her her request and she ends up getting what it was that she was seeking the judge for and then he ends up in Luke 18 1 he says in verse uh, verse 6 and the Lord said hear what the unrighteous judge says and will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night will he delay longer over them I tell you he will give justice to them speedily nevertheless when the son of man comes will he find faith on earth Many of you have quit before it's been over. Come on, somebody. You have quit. You've just stopped because you're tired of asking and you're tired of going. I'm telling you, if it's over, then it's over. Then we go move on. Praise God. But at the end of the day, there's some things in your life that are pending and you have stopped asking. And you've got, if you are going to be a gold digger, if we are going to be gold diggers, we've got to be relentless. Somebody say relentless. We got to get in God's face till we get an answer. We got to get in his face until the door opens or the door closes. But I just want your direction, Lord. I want to be in the path that you have for me. Any witnesses in here this morning? I want to be where it is that you want me to be. Even if I have to leave some stuff behind. Even if I have to break off some relationship. Even if I have to close some accounts. Even if I have to X out some people out my phone book. Whatever it is, oh God, I'm willing to let go of it to get more of you.